Alright, there's no skit today, but it's not my fault. You see this noise? This is supposed to be a fire crackling noise. I was gonna have a campfire opener and... Just listen to that. It, it, it sounds like they're carrying this intro out into the woods to bury it because it's dead. They said this is fire. Like, what the fuck kind of fire is this? A horrible fire. It's like they're just cracking branches. Just get that out of here. Cracking branches in front of my ears. Hi, this is not film school. I'm Kyle. I'm your very angry host. Joining me on this episode is Kaylee from the very first episodes of, of Not Film School. She was my original co-host. Uh, and actually, funny enough, this is a very old episode from back when she was co-hosting with me. So you're going to hear, you know, some time differences. It's, it's a very noobish... I don't know. I just don't like my interview style here. Uh, I, I think the, the sound quality is very different, too. Not in a bad way. Still good sound. It's just it was a different interface, and it, it sounds different, too. So... I was kind of excited, like, listening to this episode and, you know, from my future, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, uh, seeing how much I've developed m this craft and the way that I host the show and the questions that I ask and the atmosphere that I kind of evoke. Yeah, I, I think that the podcast has come a long way. And, you know, if you listen to this episode and you think like, well, that's this sounds a little bit like fresh, that's because it is. And and I'm excited by that. Like, contrast from your original work, it means you're doing, you're developing something. And I just love this show. I love doing it. So I hope you hear what I hear, you know? And, and you're, you're proud of me, unlike my, fa <laughs> unlike my father. The movie we're reviewing is The Void. Uh, and we talk about John Carpenter's The Thing a, a little bit. The Void is a fantastic film. We definitely ruined some stuff. Uh, the episode's still fun, regardless of whether or not you've seen the movie. So, you know, listen along. But if you're worried about us ruining the film for you, and it's a film that definitely thrives off of its suspense, uh, then you know, watch the film first. Come back, listen later. As for your musical suggestion this week, you've got to listen to Bass Drum of Death. Bass Drum of Death. They're so fucking rock and roll. I love them. They're punk, uh, but they're like, I don't know, like wistful. It's, they're great. You should listen to them. And you can check out Not Film School's Instagram page for uh, their final cover, the, the album that I own. I take pictures and I post them on there. Uh, and I think I'm going to start posting samples of, of songs, just you know, sharing them on the, uh, my Instagram newsfeed because I, I haven't really shared their music because I don't, I don't want to do it for copyright purposes on the episode. So yeah, go to my Instagram, check out the album art, take a listen to the song, and, and just, yeah, see, see if you love them. Okay. Bye. Yeah, there you go. All right. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the weekend. Hey. Hey. So, um, this guy's Kyle. I am Kyle. Yes. Yes, he is. And, um, I why guess are you, Why are you introducing me? I don't know. I'm in... <laughs> <laughs> like, we're at a party. You were we're sipping just, something. It's like we just walked up to a group of people and you're like, this guy's Kyle. Yeah. I mean, you were drinking something, so I figured I'd fill the void so we don't have to listen to your gross sipping. You'd fill the void? Okay, before we get to that, I just want to say see what I, I had a thought about like actually being at a party mm -hmm. and us introducing each other like, this guy's Kyle. Mm -hmm. And then I go like, this girl's Kaylee. Hey. And then we go like, we're Kyle and Kaylee <laughs> to complete strangers. That'd yeah. be great. That'd be one of those like socially awkward things where we're making a joke 
for ourselves and everybody would know it. I don't know if they would, though. Yeah, they will. They they would just be be like, what a couple of fucking freaks. Yeah. Well, there's the family. Is it Family Guy, right? Is it? I don't. Um, I have no idea. Where they have um, the little like ads on the bottom for fake TV shows. Mm -hmm. This guy. No, this guy. (laughs) Us. (laughs) Yeah, that's this is us. That's a different. At a party. Show. Invite us to your party. Yeah. Tell we'll us make where it to go. Very socially awkward. Open bar only, please. Yep. <laughs> Run that tab. <laughs> Give me your alcohol. Please. I'm not an alcoholic. Nope. But I am anonymous because I'll, all I've ever been introduced as is Kyle. Kyle. And all she's ever been introduced as is Kaylee. What's up with that? Do we have I'm last so names? Sorry. Do I have a last name? No. You are Kyle and I am Kaylee. So. so. <laughs> we're talking about the, the void oh shit <laughs> <laughs> okay so we watched two movies this week technically we were only supposed to do the the void mm-hmm. but i decided to watch the thing because it was uh technically pretty closely compared they're usually talked about in the together same, yeah in the same conversation in the same room or whatever yeah so we both like, I was watching The the Thing, and then she was watching, she was like, hey, I'm going to watch The Thing. So she watched The Thing, mm-hmm. and then we decided to watch The Void. Yes. And, uh, yeah. So we're technically doing, like, a two-part episode squeezed into one, but mostly we're talking about The Void. Yeah. It's just, like, small allusions to The Thing. Yeah. It's kind of hard to talk about The Void without talking about The Thing. At least now that I've watched them in a row. Mm. There, there are a lot of similarities, but there's the directors of The Void, Jeremy uh, Gillespie. And Steve Kostansky, and I hope I'm not butchering their last names. Hmm. They never outright said that they were inspired by John Carpenter's The Thing. Mainly all of the references have come from reviewers and audience members and everything saying that it feels very similar, which I agree. However, the the directors have also said um, on record a few times that they've pulled from a lot of different sources, more so like H.P. Lovecraft than directly john carpenter's the thing yeah it totally seemed uh pretty much those monsters were kind of like exactly like john carpenter's it, the thing. it feels like, more really... like a love story yeah. to the 80s genre of horror of practical effects than to specifically the thing the lighting definitely felt like it like there was a an odd like kind of blue cast to things yeah and like especially when they're outside in the woods with the trees and like the way that they the, the lighting on the trees were all it's all, it was oh, always so amazing when they were outside and it, it definitely had a weird like 80s horror film vibe and stuff like that yeah i guess that's kind of what they were going for you know like oh absolutely they were really talking about how in the age of cgi effects it's very very easy to pour your budget towards that to make it yeah. like post effects mm-hmm. um but as a viewer or according to them it becomes very disconnected and you just can call it out you're like well this obviously is just after the fact and the actors aren't reacting to, to they're just reacting to green screen yeah i think i i would love to draw a comparison to brightburn yeah i'd love to take a big hot steamy shit all over brightburn but i can't say that if something even had a marvel movie budget mm it still wouldn't be entirely disconnected. It would still be completely disconnected and wouldn't be as scary. Because mm-hmm. it's just, it is. It, no matter what CGI it is, we know it's not real. It's kind of like uh, Resident Evil video games. Mm. Um, those monsters, or specifically like Resident Evil 6, or like 
one of the ones where they get like massively deformed like super alien creatures yeah it's not scary you, it's an action game you just see these giant eyeballs and you shoot them and they explode and there's an amorphous like creature or whatever. you know it's pixels on the screen ultimately it it doesn't look it's not horrifying in a way that's like like these things like faces were stitched onto the wrong spot yeah of something that didn't look like a body and then there were little tentacles shooting out of the mouth moving of, very fast of a mouth that wasn't even on the front of the thing it was on the side of the thing like it's just all in the wrong spot it's pretty freaky and that's like it's way more horrifying having it being an actual face yeah and like having CGI flesh face. texture and the way that the lighting reflects off of the texture of the material that they use for these creatures is just like yeah mm. i think it, sometimes the scariest cgi is the type of CGI that's not trying to be realistic at all. <laughs> like mm. like shitty YouTube videos where they came <laughs> up with their own, like they use like Google uh, whatever or something. There's this Google. Um, yeah, where you Google can sketch just. Google SketchUp or something. I don't... Well, anyway, um, it was really, really inhuman and fucking weird. Yeah. And another movie that I'm going to draw on that you haven't seen. <laughs> Me? Yeah. Okay. That I watched recently and my cosmic horror about is annihilation mm -hmm. there's a uh, several scenes in that movie where like they're not trying to be human at all and that's the point point. Mm -hmm. and it's disorienting <laughs> it makes you blech. it splits you down the middle Ooh. it's kind of like uh when you watch uh like cars the cowardly dog and you see any one of their claymation events yeah. or, or like peewee's uh big adventure and then there's the truck lady and yeah. she turns to her and she's like, Wah! and she's just claymation. But it's so freaky. But it's fucking claymation. It's terrifying to see that in the real world. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or like uh, there's a scene in Stephen King's It, the original uh, short series on mm -hmm. TV. They, they had like some moments or one spe specific moment where if you've seen it, have you seen it? Not the TV show. Pennywise like stretches out a drain and then jumps out into the bathroom and goes like, hey there. I think he makes fun of Eddie or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Bye. yeah, yeah. The drain opening and then the clown jumping out, it was claymation. That's cool. Yeah. That's very cool. <laughs> but it was terrifying and it really fucked with kids. And why wouldn't it? Because it's so disconnected from reality. Well, yeah, the stop motion really freaks your eyes out, too. Yeah. It's like, yeah, when we were kids, CGI wasn't like all the rage. Um, no. I mean, we kind of, like, as we age, we're like, right the, yeah, the we're on the cost. We're both 90s kids, technically. Like, yeah, mid 90s. 90s. 94 and 95. So. Yeah. So our memories were just being formed at the end of the 90s. <laughs> when all of the best 90s stuff was Happening. thriving. Yeah, <laughs> we got all of it. But it's interesting that you mentioned the Resident Evil games because the directors have said that they really drew on the survival horror game genre, like Silent Hill and Resident Evil, um, according to Steve Kostansky. Uh... You know, the, when they go in the basement, there is a, sorry, the Silent Hill is totally there with the weird amorphous creatures just walking down a dark hallway. Mm. It's there. But I actually, uh, the first time I ever watched this, I got super strong video game vibes. This is the, my second time watching this, if, if we haven't already mentioned that. But, yeah, first um, time for me. Yeah, but I'm actually the one that suggested we watch this because it was a fantastic movie the first time we watched it. So I wanted to rewatch it again, and I wanted to especially get Kaylee's opinion on it. Yeah. Because I remember being like, like mouth dropped at the end of this movie like what the fuck man yeah like what did i just watch <laughs> what did i get into um yeah it escalates like <laughs> very quickly pretty pretty suddenly but yeah. um yeah the the uh like when they go like initially when the the two guys with the shotgun or sorry they don't have the shotgun they have the axes or something and the rifle 
at the beginning. The, I think it's the old dude and the kid that yep. like he indoctrinated or whatever, or he's surviving with. I think is was he his kid? I almost certain in the credits it was. I know. I, hold on. I have on here cast um, the guy Vincent, or also father was Daniel Fathers, and then um, the son is the guy's name um, in the credits. Mick that, Biscoff. That got, that got real muddy. Like, yeah, it wasn't was very one, clear. One flashback moment when like he tackled the kid, and then he was choking him, and he like you should have been there. You should have saved them or something. And that was like I don't know. It, it seemed like they were more than just partners but like he introduces them kind of coldly like a partner throughout the entire thing i think it's the disdain towards him that's interesting um but yeah they're surviving together and you don't really understand the connection especially at the beginning where the guy's smoking the cigarette and yeah. has the kid pour kerosene on this lady Dude, There's that a... was so cool when he like that was that was so 80s movie thoroughly yeah when, when you pour somebody with gasoline like all and then them, just and then you... flick a cig on them yeah that's yeah classic they were on. Uh, they were really going for like no country for old men right. vibes in the first bit there. Yeah. Um, um. Well, anyway, so they kick open the door of the hospital, and then they're like pointing guns at people and like threatening everybody. And then shortly after that, they go uh, from like the main room with everybody holed up in like a safety spot. In they the go out to, hospital. Yeah, in the yeah. hospital. They go out to the car, and like it felt really like objective based the way they're writing the story. Like you're always going from point A to point B to point B to point. C to point with very specific goals. Bill Cosby jokes. Oh my god. Sorry. Um <laughs> I was gonna go off on like a you're making a piano joke or whatever. How's that a piano joke? The letters on the key names. Maybe I was just making a a written music sheet joke. Yeah, I don't know. Why well, has got a piano? Sorry, don't you're I right. Look, Sorry, I, no, I, I look more like a guitar player, don't I? Sorry, I should have assumed like clarinet or something instead. My apologies. Uh, why not the flute? You know, I played the flute in elementary school, right? You mean the recorder? No, I actually played the flute. Wait, really? Yeah, like you hold it sideways, you blow over the little hole, and yeah, little... yeah, yeah. Wow. I never, I never played it well. <laughs> yeah, I don't imagine. Yeah. yeah. The fuck does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're right, but what yeah. the fuck does that mean? Yeah. That means you're right. Um, <laughs> that means you're very perceptive. Wow. Congratulations. Yes. I never played the flute well. Thank you. You're welcome. I just signed up to it because I had a crush. Aww. Do you, do you really? I actually did do that. Though. I didn't That's know true. this about you. Yeah. In the fourth grade, uh, there was this girl that I liked. And then they were the, my, my teacher, Mr. Larson, was like, if you want to play like the trombone, raise your hand. Mm -hmm. If you want to play the saxophone, raise your hand. I love the saxophone. If you want to play... Fucking the clarinet, raise your hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to play the oboe, raise your hand. Yes, oboe. And then, um, and then he said flute. And then I saw the girl that I like raise her hand, and I was like, huh? <laughs> like without even thinking about it, I was just like, she's doing it. I want to do it, you know. And that's did that how go I anywhere? No, that sucks. Because <laughs> all I did was just to hang out with the girl that I liked. Aww. Oh, do you mean it? Did it go anywhere? With the girl? Yeah, with the grade, girl. You creep. I don't know. It was just a crush. It was just. I don't know. We were friends. Maybe. Uh, okay. Okay. So you spoke. We did speak. Yeah. She lives in Georgia now. I, <laughs> I don't know. She's up to things. There's She's some sort living. of Mayday Parade reference in there. Yeah. We didn't fuck if that's what you were asking. Oh my god, that is not what I was asking. <laughs> not over the flute. Flute does not lead to sex. <laughs> not for me, at least. I couldn't make it work. Um. Not at that age. 
Well, no, in general, like, you can't, like, in small circles of people, if I brag nowadays about having played the flute, I don't know, like, it's the wrong kind of sensitive, you know? <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's the right for some people. It's oh, just it could not, be the like, right. I can't pull it off, yeah. you know, with my motorcycles and leather jackets and playing the flute. It'd be very surprising. I It'd be it super sensitive. Yeah, I'll, I'll like, keep trying. Oh, you write poetry and you I'll play the up. flute? I'll be like, I'll start telling people. Yeah. Hey, you know that I play the flute, right? Just like really don't emphasize the like past tense. Mm. You know? <laughs> I, I bet I could win him over with the story of how I started playing the flute. Why the fuck are we talking about this? There's no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There's no relation at all. I mean, we're trying to talk about massive club footed baby I think we're really avoiding annihilation and destructive. It definitely was really jarring and it made me mm. uncomfortable. So I think I'm enjoying this part of the conversation that I am. I'm having fun, but I want death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got that death nurse? in both the thing and the void. There was the first nurse, uh, Beverly. Yeah. Where <sighs> she cuts off her own face, and then she's stabbing the fucking dude in the face with the scissors. Oh, my God. Oh my God. And then she turns to the police, and he goes to, goes to, sorry, she goes to stab him, and then he shoots her face off horrifying yeah i wrote a note for that that guy got traumatized immediately and it was just downhill for the cop from there yeah the whole story i mean from that moment forward of course like went crazy off the rails this yeah. is a really good movie like it's not boring at all oh no it'll very it'll keep you keep you on your toes happy but death it's... day no thank you i don't want to talk about that um <laughs> are you sure i don't uh, we already <laughs> did that for an hour and a half or 15 minutes and we said it was terrible it could uh, be longer what i wrote down was Bev messed up her face. He messed up the back of her head from the front. Mm-hmm. So she was just a mess both ways. Forwards, backwards, her whole entire being was, she was fucked up. She just was out. Yeah. And then she grew tentacles out of her face and then turned into a giant fuck. And became wall. like a giant like seal body thing. It was like a walrus thing. Can we, can we talk about that? What? Uh, in both these instances, matter has come from nowhere. Yeah, it just kind of, like, it metastas- is metastasizing the right word? It just becomes, like, cancerous, and it keeps growing. Yeah, well, um, what I was, so in the thing, everything gets, like, amorphous, and then large, and then blah, 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 and then it compacts down back into the size of... The thing that it's trying to mimic. Yeah, the thing it's trying to mimic. So, like, is there a bubble of nothing in there somewhere that then compresses back down? Well, okay, so in both of the... The cases of the thing and the void well it, they're other others they're mm. other beings so mm. for the thing it's an alien creature right sure. yeah. and for the void it is some sort of mysterious other so maybe they have some sort of weird control over matter or whatever and it does exist it just doesn't exist in a way that we can see it i don't know but yeah but also with the thing it becomes something else with the void it's just something else well yeah no uh what i was gonna say too is that uh in the void they it doesn't seem to want to assume back to a normal form. no 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 it's like it's permanently altered and it's fucking doing that now and it's <laughs> it's, just, it's just a f- pile of, of flesh and bones and and that's just what it is it's hair. just you can't you can't body shame that thing at all that thing is just it'll eat it you and it'll exist it'll offend your senses <laughs> For the rest of its life, it wants to be like and that. And for the rest of your yeah. very short life You're of gonna, experiencing it. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, with the, the Void, I would suspect it less of being empty in the middle. 
Hmm. But with the thing, I think, with it intentionally trying to form itself back into uh, a refined image so that it blends in, mm-hmm. um, I feel like that would have, like, air bubbles in it or something, like, of nothing going on so that it can eventually morph back down. Because it's not Maybe. necessarily creating mass. It was just working with the mass that it had. And the mass that it gained. Yeah. Isn't that weird, too, how the whole time you're watching the movie, that never really occurs to you? Yeah, you're like, where does this come from? Uh, I, I mean, you don't have time for both, in, in both instances, you mm-hmm. don't have time to think about, like, how, like, chemically is this happening? I, like, I, you I wonder, can't go into scientific method mode. If you're I just to, freaked out. If I were to watch giant, fleshy, like, shit shoot out of a dog in real life, would, would I take the time to think about that? Like, Well, one of the, the guys in the thing, um, like, the, the, the old doctor did some computing estimations and everything and he went all full scientific method on it but like they didn't go into the he never talked about how like there's more now than there was before before. (laughs) no but i don't know if you would i don't think that's the first question you'd be asking you're gonna be asking how long do i have to live (laughs) yeah he asked some pretty important questions like how long after it escapes the space statistically speaking or probability speaking would it uh, take over the entire world. Yeah, um, and what's I, the pr- probability of someone else being like in um mimicked or infected? Yeah. But they don't even go into that in the void. There's so there's like a level less of in like intellectual um. So you research. think the thing? Yeah, the thing had a little more scientifically to say. Yeah, but it's also the thing is also directly based off of source material called like who's who goes there Mm -hmm. um i have the by john w campbell it was written under a different pen name earlier but now it's just like used under that so there's more source material there and it's praised as like the best sci-fi so wait did the the void have any source material or was this a rough story from them um so the story goes that when um Gillespie and Steve Kostansky, I think Steve Kostansky was there, um, was working at this studio called Pinewood Studios in Canada, in Ontario. Guillermo del Toro was working on a film um, called At the Mountains of Madness, which is an H.P. Lovecraft film, um, H.P. Lovecraft story. Mm -hmm. Um, They overheard del Toro talking about wanting to do Lovecraft in a way that has never been done before. And that got the gears turning so they, for them. So they stole the idea to do a Lovecraftian-influenced film from um, <laughs> Well, no, okay, because there's been other... Oh, he's Love... going to do it. That's a great idea. Let's I got to do it. Hurry well, I, yeah, right, <laughs> exactly. Well, it, it hasn't. Gilmore, this, this movie has never been finished at the Mountains of Madness. There's actually been, like, petitions to help continue the production of the movie and blah, blah, blah. Did I uh, look something up. Well, did they, did they cease filming or... For at the... Because this movie was... Uh, at the Mountains and the Madness? Yeah. I is think it done? This... Or is it... No, by, that... by done, I mean, like, is it in the water dead? Um, it just stopped. Because I haven't stopped... heard of it. Exactly. Um, at the Mountains... I'm gonna Google... Um... And The Void was done in 2015 um, or released in 2015. It was released in 2016 in Canada at this film festival. So it's been three years since the release of the film that was inspired by Guillermo del Toro working on The Mountains of uh, Madness, probably years before this movie came out. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole Which means that that's about, thing. like, five years at least of this movie. It was canceled. Fantastic, okay. 
Oh, back in 2006, Del Toro and Matthew Robbins had a screenplay ready for At the Mountains of Madness, but couldn't get Warner Brothers to finance the project. According to Del Toro, the studio was worried about the cost and the tone of the story, which didn't have a happy ending, nor any love story of any kind, which, um, it's Lovecraft. Um, and yeah, it would be insulting to add what any of those. What the fuck is that, Lovecraft? <laughs> it's in your name. You craft some love, you piece of shit. I well, read, I read mm. your whole fucking, all of your books, the whole Cthulhu mythos. Not a single love story, Mr. Lovecraft. Oh, Jesus God. Christ, the name like that, you could have fucking, you could have, you could have been so great. Oh, man. Lovecraft. The Fuck. project came back to life in 2010 when James Cameron joined as producer and Tom Cruise was set to star. Holy shit, this is a big deal. So serial. <laughs> I know, right? James Cameron, Tom Cruise, and unfortunately Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> yeah. All in the same thing. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's a whole... Pacific Rim. Pacific Rim? Yeah. yeah. Well, oh, so these, uh, the writers and directors, I, I wish I knew exactly, but they worked on Pacific Rim, too, oh, which cool. was interesting. What else did these guys do? You said something about... Uh, Suicide people, Squad. Famous people. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they both were working at the same time that... Um, Wait, who's they? Okay, people uh, from Suicide Squad. Sorry, they as in... Jeremy Gilseppi and uh, Steve Kostansky, mm -hmm. they, they were, were both working, working on Suicide Squad. As... At the same time that they were working on this movie? Yes. Um, or as <laughs> the movie was being worked if only on. they had done as much evil in that movie as they did this Well, one. okay. He was... <gasps> okay, quick plug, though. Quick plug. Mm -hmm. uh, the Joker. <laughs> I have half a mind to do that episode. Uh, I got so many people saying, you guys need to do the episode. Yo, though, like... Mm. <laughs> You're getting real excited Dude, there. Dude, it's so fucking good, though. Okay. Jesus so Christ. So you were saying Suicide Squad, Joker, where were you going with that? Well, the, the comparison that I'm going to draw is that Suicide Squad, uh, the, the Joker did what Suicide Squad should have done, leading a group of villains that were well-armed into a city. Hmm. They, there should have been so much more fucking murder, and the backstory should have been bad. And the people should have been villains, for fuck's sake. Like, yeah. Yeah, it was really superficial and glib, Suicide Squad. But the Joker writes all those wrongs for me. Interesting. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know who to give credit for that, because I haven't looked into that movie. I want to research that movie and yeah. know who to, who to love. Of course, Joaquin Phoenix. But um, yeah, it's just that, that movie fucking oh, so good. So yeah, there's, there's the Joker. If you, if you were on the fence, go watch it. It doesn't even matter if you shoot up a school afterwards. It was worth it. Kyle! That's... No. Is that too far? Yes. Uh-uh. <laughs> That's uh. not okay. Well, it just pisses me off when everybody's like, oh, they're going to watch this one movie, and then all of a sudden they're going to become a fucking serial murderer. Yeah, I know. As if their parents, like, being bad parents didn't have anything to do with it. Anyway. Uh... <laughs> or just having bad... Whatever, it's fine. Yeah, movies and stories influence you. They don't create you. Mm-hmm. That's... That's the difference. You get influenced. You don't get created into something. Anyway, uh, this is the politics that we're always trying to avoid. That um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to avoid. Um, the best part is if you disagree with me, fuel and rage, and then make your own fucking podcast and talk about it. Or just fucking, tell us. <laughs> don't. <laughs> um, you can, sure. Yeah, I don't know. I'll, and I'll read, read it. it too, and I'll get all self conscious and weird and be like, am I right? Am I wrong? I don't know. I don't It'll know. give good uh, commentary, give us something to think about. Not really, because I've already thought about it. I'm twenty. Uh, I am twenty five fucking years old. I'm I'm like a grandpa. <laughs> I know everything about the world, <laughs> and I have made my decisions. 
I am who I want to be. I am the best version of myself. I am enlightened. <laughs> Past this point, I'll have crystallized intelligence, intelligence, and I won't adapt. I'm the I'm the best version. I am so open to to well, new ideas and learning. Anyways, Jeremy Gilseppi was assistant art director on Suicide Squad, mm. and Steve Kostansky um, was special effects makeup respectively so with steve kistansky's work in the special effects makeup they kind of like really recruited a hefty number of the crew members from suicide squad to work on the creature effects crew which is super cool and this is after the fact that this movie was entirely funded by indiegogo crowdfunding yeah yeah, wait, didn't the Indiegogo crowdfunding completely fund this entire movie or something? Yeah, way much more than what they were asking for. Yeah. It got like, what is it, like 60-something percent over what they were originally, over their original goal, which is so over. So they, they, like, people wanted this movie so bad, they gave them, they kept giving them money even though they knew they had all the money. Yes. That's fucking righteous. It's great. Yeah. They, so they made this movie on like $86,000 or something like that. Which is all... 86,000? <laughs> yes. Seriously? Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Dude, yeah. Shut, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking cool. Especially the movies we talk about are like, oh, two million, that's like... Yeah, that's Event like, Horizon. Money. Yeah. What I was talking about. I think Event Horizon was like 62. Something, something crazy. Uh, it was like, and we were both like, yeah, I guess it was the set design. Yeah. Like it, <laughs> oh, it took all the money. Yeah. yeah. And then we were a little bit disappointed with less CGI instances like flame dancing around in space. Well, but either way. The spaceships. But yeah, this movie, the budget that they had. 82,000. It's amazing. 80, I think it was 86. 86. Something 000. in the mid 80s. Either way, that. under, uh, under 100,000. Yes, less for this than movie. the cost of a house. Mm-hmm. Paid for this whole movie filming beginning to end. Mm-hmm. That's fucking nuts. Yeah, That's I don't know incredible. if there was other sources of, of funding afterwards, but they said they used all of it. Like, it, yeah, this whole well, yeah. movie was a challenge from beginning to end. Every aspect was difficult. The fact that they created a budget and then estimated a cost and then I asked Indiegogo for that sixty percent less than what you just said. Yeah. Shit. It's pretty amazing, honestly. It's incredible, yeah. I saw and, and the then, numbers. Like, every single dollar definitely went to something, because that movie was... Considering that budget? Holy shit, that's, fan- that's a fantastic movie. I know. I'm just thoroughly impressed. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was all really, really great. The, the directors were saying how they were freaking out. They were worried, like, this isn't, this isn't going to be okay. And yeah. then the actors, like, when they finally had the cast on set, they really helped kind of sew things together mm-hmm. um to see it into its final form have these guys done anything since this movie they've done other stuff and they've this is also not the only stuff that they've worked on they've worked on stuff outside of their own studio name um they have a production company called astro six that mm. would put out basically like comedy horror films okay and they didn't want to put this film under that same studio name mm-hmm. because they were like not it's comedy. not that it's not comedy mm. um and it's they put it not. under what is it uh, it's pretty dark there's really like there's a few moments where you're like huh. like they definitely like threw some laughs in there like yeah uh, it was more like situational stuff yeah just like quick like a light like huh. kind of like but how still, like, in the thing there's only one like joke which is like are you fucking kidding me 
Or are you fucking kidding? That line is the only time I laughed in that movie. At what point? What do you mean? Like at the end where the monster, one of the, one of the thing is like crawling around on these spider legs and it's just a head mm-hmm. and it's in the, in the doorway. And there's a line that's like, are you fucking kidding? That wasn't really funny. I didn't find that funny. It, that's just what I would say if I saw a little spider head yeah. crawling around. Like, <laughs> yeah. It, or, I'd be like, a moment, are you fucking kidding me? A moment of relief, I guess. I thought that the only re- moment of relief in that movie, or not moment of relief, because the whole movie had like a weird action vibe and stuff. And like, mm-hmm. it was so intellectually written. That's not, like, okay. I do think that I liked the thing more as a movie, and it completely deserves its place as the classic that it is. Mm-hmm. The kind of thing that you and I are still talking about today, for sure. You, did you, you mentioned at one point, we, we talked a little bit about this briefly, but mm-hmm. um, you mentioned about the creatures not being created by John Carpenter. Right. It was this guy called Rob Botton. Mm-hmm. Or Botan. I don't he know. he was completely, I mean, I can't. There was another person who was called in but... um, because Rob like put his whole heart, soul, and body into the work for this movie. Uh-huh. So much so that he got the like. The thing, of course. Yeah, the thing. Um, that he got like hospitalized due to like exhaustion and oh. all this stuff. So someone else was called in. Jesus. Um, Can you imagine like working yourself into like a, a, a fuzz when you're looking at these like Lovecraftian fucking tentacle, tentacle like that's like your well, whole life is John Campbell, the things. things. Sorry. Um, different source material. But they're both about like Antarctic research research teams that find alien things and madness. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it was so much. And this other person who was called in to work, I don't know, know yeah, this yeah. person's name. He's the, really the, big in the, but yeah, he didn't want to take credit thing, for it. The funny thing is that, um, wait, he didn't want to take credit for the it? The guy who came in to help out okay, was like, no, this is entirely Rob Botton stuff. Yeah, because um, um, John Carpenter gets a lot of the praise for being the special effects guru that yeah. pirated or pioneered that pirate pirated. technically he pirated it well <laughs> i don't want to go that far um, um it, it was so the, but we were uh, she mentioned like there was stop motion footage right? there was there was some stop motion footage that was taken for the thing um and john carpenter was like no nixed it from the final product yeah because he was like i can tell that this is stop motion and it's jarring and not in the way that he wants that it he to wanted be. it to which like i was saying earlier Stop motion, like claymation stuff, mm-hmm. will freak you out because it brings you out of reality. Well, but I think that um, John Carpenter's call on that part, and that's such a hard uh, call to make, I would imagine, mm-hmm. as a director, where you have somebody put something together and painstakingly create a stop motion event, and then you watch the whole thing, and then you have to say, Sorry, no. Eh. Yeah. <laughs> Next. I don't like it. Yeah. And then you get out of there. I can't, like, I'm not sure if maybe he did it like easily maybe he was like yeah this is trash i don't like it or maybe he was like look man i get it but i'm sorry like it just I don't know. isn't fitting my vibe i just respect his ability to discern yeah uh, and how the movie has that kind of a prowess like there, there's movies like the evil dead that use stop motion and the evil dead yeah. is an artistic fucking masterpiece especially when it has scenes that have stop motion like there's no way that you can't respect that it's right. fucking amazing and the amount of time that they probably spent uh putting all that stuff out it's incredible. But you know it's stop motion. And in this case, they didn't want yeah. you to know. When I watch that scene, it's not that I'm freaked out. I spend more time fucking geeking out about how fucking cool the stop motion is and how much yeah. time I spent on it um, than being grossed out. 
And I think that John Carpenter's decision to not go with the stop motion or to omit the stop motion that they did get, I think that's a very um, good eye. Yes. <laughs> and I think that was a fantastic decision for the movie. And I think that makes the movie stand out from the time period that it's from, too. Yeah. For sure. Well. Because <laughs> of how much visceral, realistic shit. Like, I was watching that movie and I was thinking, like, as a kid, shit, man, if I was, like, 13 years old and I stumbled on that movie, it would fuck, it would fuck with me. Yeah, Because nothing was cgi nothing was touched up, nothing was, like, everything Yeah, it was all sense. real. Yeah, in your brain. Yeah. 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 Those so. creatures were just ah. so good. But the, um, the only moment of relief, I think. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I picked up on. And, like, there was, again, like, it had a lighter tone than The Void, for sure. Yes. It was more rock and roll than Nihilist. Yeah. <laughs> um, than Comba Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Although, yeah, The Void doesn't have Comba Christ. It has more, like, Silence. it was just abysmal. Yeah, it was, like, no, no music. I don't no. feel music with that movie. But, no. I knew, uh, but um, the, the Thing definitely had a rock and roll vibe. Um, but there's the last part when he, uh, Kurt Russell throws the, uh, the, no, the dynamite, lights the dynamite and throws it. And goes, uh, what does he say? He's like, well, yeah, well, fuck you too. Yeah. And then he. There's yeah. like rebellion in this. Yeah. In that He's movie. fighting. They're still fighting. And even at the end, when they get to the point where it's just Kurt Russell and then uh, Childs. Yeah. Childs. 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 I thought it was Chives, but <laughs> Childs. Childs. Like a large child. Yeah. Um, yeah, him and Childs are just uh, talking about like. Like, the whole camp's on fire, everything got blown up, he threw the dynamite of the thing, and then um, he's sitting there with a flamethrower, and there's, like, frost in his beard, and you know he's probably gonna die by, like, freezing to death. Mm-hmm. And him and Childs are just sitting there, like, yeah, what are we gonna do now? And then uh, he goes, like, we're just gonna wait a little bit. Just gonna wait it Let's out. Let's just wait a little bit. Yeah. And then the credits roll. Yeah. So it's implied that they're probably gonna die soon. But... They're still... They're still... But they're just sitting there and seeing it through to the end. There's something yeah. really fucking, like you know like about that but then you got the void and they kind of like he jumps into the nether <laughs> and then meets up with his wife and it's there's a, a weird sense of submission there oh entirely it's just yeah. like all right well in order for me to end this i gotta end me <laughs> well he didn't necessarily decide that but he knew that like he had to stand up to the big hellraiser guy yeah <laughs> And jump him, like, tackle him into the next dimension. I mean, it was right there. It's not that hard. I mean, you're, you're right there. Did, though. There's some fucking balls in that. Like, oh, imagine yeah. jumping somebody into the next dimension. Fuck. With well, a knife in into, your back. Into Ugh. this, like, triangle doorway where you're like, I don't know where this is going. I don't know where this None is. None of it makes sense. No. And everything you saw prior to that, leading up to the doorway, kind of a bad sign, too. You yeah. know, like, wherever that doorway leads, I don't know. Maybe it's got more of that. Because this seems normal. In this place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, who knows, so, man. Um, the imagery there. I just, I love that artistic shot of that bluish light coming from, like, the, like the outline of the triangle. Mm. And then you have, like, the whole priest. The lighting of this whole fucking oh, movie so good. was key. There's so many different darkly colored movies that don't do lighting right. and They it, just keep it dark to keep it. Well, it just kind of yeah. makes you squint at the screen a whole yeah. lot. Um, but yeah, even like there was so much uh, good contrast, which even I th- I feel like on like not the best screen. Like, of course, I've got like the creme de la creme of screens. Oh, it's I've got beautiful. A, a, a Samsung QLED TV and I've got 75 inches of it. I love so, this. T- it's larger than I am. It's really big. Like I lie down in the TV's 
larger than me. So yeah, my contrast levels, they're, yeah. It's, it's beautiful. But um, even on like a shitty 2013 yeah. Mac. <laughs> yeah, we watched this on separate screens, by the way. Yeah. So um, yeah, how was that for you watching it on? I mean, it was still very dark, right? Yeah. And my, my screen doesn't do dark doesn't very well. Yeah. No, but I was so engaged. Mm -hmm. And how were the dark scenes? Were they nice and like lit? They were lit and like the things that needed to be highlighted were. Okay. You know, and everything else that was in the darkness, I wasn't like trying to be like, what is that? It was more just like, I'm afraid of what that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. And if you get the ambiguous figure of like a man. But it was like artistically done. Yeah. I loved that shot. Yeah. Just bashing his head against a wall and you get a Cyclops. Yeah. That was like a Dead Space thing. In Dead Space 1, there's like a. Like one of the first several like missions in the game. There's this guy who's a zombie that's just bashing his head against the wall, and you walk around the corner, and he's just gonna keep going until you either kill him or like travel on into the next room. He, I think just he dies there. after that. But yeah, um, no, there's so there's good. Scene. That's another video game vibe. Yeah, a lot of video um, game vibes for sure. They also got vibes from like the the movie Aliens and Alien and just general. But yeah, the stuff that was intentionally supposed to be seen, I saw, and I don't know, it was just very well lit properly but there's the running joke of uh if these creature if the person who was creating these creatures could have it their way they would just have it in dark the whole time actually no that was for the thing my apologies not the void well the weird thing about the thing is that the way that john carpenter supposedly uh saw that whole thing is that there was a lot of movies that had ambiguity to their monsters yeah he wanted it very much like there they are center screen yeah, yeah. so uh, yeah i don't know how that i don't know how that with it's Rob Botton, he was he was very like protective of his creatures. Okay. And kind of self-conscious. I think I could be totally wrong. Yeah. But I'm just saying that's a bad partnership. That's I know, case, I know, cause... right, right. But <laughs> also, fun fact. <laughs> imagine this... imagine making all the creatures for that movie and having them be just off-screen. <laughs> the head You worked yourself into like a oh hospitalized haze. Oh my and God. then it's like, yeah, but if, I would really be happy if they were just like just off screen. Yeah, or just dark enough. I don't want to see him. Funny thing, Guillermo del Toro mm. uh, was working on a new Silent Hill called Silent Hills with uh, Hideo Kojima, the mastermind between, uh, behind Metal Gear Solid, Yeah, um, which got canceled for sure. But the playable trailer, <sighs> or PT, or playable teaser is what they called it. Uh -huh. That was on uh, the PlayStation Network for a while, but got pulled after Gear. Uh, sorry, but after Hideo Kojima left uh, Konami and left the project Silent Hills. So, so that the, whole thing, the whole project was with Konami. It's next. It's never gonna happen. And nobody's more fucking. Well, maybe somebody's more pissed about it than me, but I'm fucking pissed about it. I'm gonna cry. Yeah. Um. Well. Uh. Supposedly, it was revealed by somebody who got into the code and fucked around with it that. At all times when you're walking through those hallways, there is uh, a hideous creature standing behind you, which you'll never know about. And it's not the point to know about it, but they wanted you to have a sense that you were being watched. And, and you were. Like, their there best was solution was to there. actually have something watching you the whole time. Awesome. Yeah. I don't know if you remember me playing through it, but there was um part where you go into the bathroom. Yeah. And there's a baby in the sink. Supposedly that thing's standing on the outside of that door. Just waiting for you. So I'm just, I'm just code wise. I think it's funny the idea of like all these creatures that this guy made for the thing. Like, even if you were to make them off screen, 
that'd be kind of interesting. Like, you get all the actors actually reacting the way they would react when they were looking at something this fucked up. Yeah. That's an interesting idea. I still would feel bad for the guy that created them mm-hmm. if they never got screen time. Like, what the fuck, you know? And I guess I, they're... Yeah. Yeah, I don't but know. But I, I, yeah, I, I, I think that that movie gets a lot of respect because of its, um, its drive to have things front and center. So it's weird to hear you say that the guy um, wanted them not. Like I said, I could be center. wrong. I just remember reading something, and I'm almost certain that it was with the thing. I'll have mm. to look into that more. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think it was more of a concern. But this movie was released not too long after E.T. was released in the theaters. Thing. Yeah, the thing. Yeah. So it originally did not do well. Audiences were very not keen to a, a unhappy alien story when they got yeah, like this cute, adorable. Less, uh, dare I say, sexy? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. It's there's not, no not ladies in fun. this. There. Yeah. I feel like everybody around that time period was a bunch of prudes too. Like everything that was cool, like Friday the Thirteenth, it was cult horror. Yeah. It was all like. When did the Shit evil, people... evil Dead come out? Was that this time too? It was, that was seventy it was, something. I thought it's either seventy eight or eighty seven. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> one or the other. Seriously, it's it's one it's of those okay. two. It's weird because like their filming quality. I remember uh, seeing the year that it was released and then um, recognizing the film quality as being like lower quality than I would imagine it would be mm. <laughs> for that time period. So I I can never know. I I'm never sure if it's the seventy eight or if it's uh, 87. It was 78. That's pretty progressive. They had some pretty cool gnarly shit. But that movie was banned in America for a while, too. Yeah. So, and that's because it was uh, really visceral. Evil Dead, 1981. 1981. Okay, cool. For the first one. So, 79. Yeah, just about. Yeah. I, I probably watched some documentary that were like, 79? Yeah. Did I say 78? Whatever. Yeah, um, it's fine. Um, yeah, so, that time frame. <laughs> which is interesting, because this movie was released in 82. Which was before Christine. Evil Dead's so fucking. It is such a good. That's movie. so. That's so cool that it was. It was like that cool back in a time when. Because what I was trying to say was, you know, like essentially, yeah, like everybody around those that time period with those movies releasing and stuff. All these movies turned into cult films, not yeah. massive, successful, triple A budget kind of shit. They were all like B rated. People films. want it. Like there was like not the not the it's general still alive public. Today. Yeah. Yeah. There were there was droves of people that wanted it. It was by no means the main culture. Yeah. But it's people wanted it. That's it's, why we're still talking about it, you know. Yeah. But also so. I wonder cuz right now we're really experiencing like an 80s vibe revival thing. Yeah. You know, we we've got like we've got Stranger Things. We've got Creep Show on Shutter, which is the whole revival of like the comic book thing. We've got just a we've got Glow yeah there's so yeah. much 80s stuff Revival going stuff. on yeah. uh, grand theft auto 5 um a whole lot of 80s film re- references there i'm pretty sure at one point well this isn't an 80s film this is uh technically like a mid 90s lethal mm. weapon yep yep um yeah in lethal weapon 2 i think whatever one has like the ambassadors and then um danny, danny glover goes like it's been revoked <laughs> that is my favorite line it's fucking so Just- Right no, through I have the diplomatic license. Community. It's, it's been, been revoked. revoked. Was that the same one where he's like <laughs> nailed it? Nailed it. I don't know. I think that's a different one. Um, he's got such great lines. There's a scene in one of the Lethal Weapon movies mm-hmm. where um, Mel Gibson ties a rope uh, to the bottom of 
uh, a foreign diplomat, a diplomat's house uh, in the hills. Of oh, Hollywood and pulls it off. And then pulls the supports out of the bottom of it. Yeah. And there's a mission in Grand Theft Auto V where uh, that guy, the super rich ex-mafia guy who has a new identity because he went into winter, witness protection. Yeah. He um, finds out his wife's cheating on him with a tennis director or something. Mm-hmm. And he ties a loop around the tennis director's um, supports to his house, and then you have to pull out the supports to the house. Uh, that, I feel like, was directly influenced by Lethal Weapons, like that scene of I mean, Lethal Weapon. it's... Yeah. Yeah. You tie some still, like, like a house on stilts off with a truck, and you're just pulling. Yeah, but that's the yeah. only other place I've ever seen that happen. And the yeah. supports were done in much the same way. Yeah. And I've only seen this thing in two different places. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure... One was influenced by the other. But um, what I was getting at is the Grand Theft Auto V has a whole lot of um, like influences from 80s movies. And then at one point, I think that same exact guy says, like, I just want to live life like, like it's an 80s action movie. Or somebody accuses him of wanting to live life like it's an 80s action movie. Yeah, just a loose cannon cop. Yeah. Yeah, some, the, I'm seeing a, a, a thread on game FAQs, GameSpot. Um, like, did anyone else think of the scene from Lethal Weapon 2? So there's the... It Was it the second one? Yeah, that's what... Yes. I'm just confirming yeah. here. Yeah. yeah. Anywho. Um, I know my Lethal Weapon. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> um, but yeah. Or, it, uh, fucking uh, goddamn Mel Gibson had to fuck it all up. So it's like embarrassing to be a fan of him, but I am. Wait, why? You don't know what happened with Mel Gibson? A lot of anti-Semitic shit. It's not worth being talked about right now, but... Um, oh, no. Yeah, and I don't know enough of the details to, like, go off on it or okay. anything. Okay. But, um... Well, that ties to H.P. Lovecraft, because he was a pretty awful person. Anti-Semitic or... Super racist. I heard from a comedian the other day that was doing a bit on Roald Dahl that Roald Dahl was super anti-Semitic. Oh, the BFG. It's not fair. Everybody's... Awful. Fucking lame in the old days god damn like, oh wow you're really cool also you fucking are a piece of shit in one avenue but also you did all this really cool stuff heidegger oh <laughs> boy yeah it's just that makes me sad i'll look into that i don't want to be devastated immediately yeah but, but yeah but to say that i don't enjoy um all of bad max that i don't enjoy uh lethal weapon braveheart i mean like <laughs> It's just, yeah, Mel Gibson's my man. Yeah. It sucks that, you know, that happened, but it doesn't mean that I don't love the shit that he's been. But referencing back to Glow, girl who was Kim, Ellen Wong, she is Jenny. Mm. Oh, in Glow, but also um, yeah. your notes. She was Knives. Yeah, Knives Chow from yeah. Scott Pilgrim. I, I, Very my cool. first, uh, when I first saw her, I was like, oh, it's that pretty girl from Scott Pilgrim. She is very beautiful. She is beautiful. I love her eyes, man. I know. They're like so happy. She's so cute. Yeah. Well, not in this movie. She's not very well, happy. Still, she's got this thing where like, like where her expression is always like added onto by her eyes. Yeah. I feel like. She's very expressive. Yeah. Very cool. She's hot. You listening? Where you at? Yeah. Knives Chow. Ellen Wong. I don't know your name, but. Ellen. Oh. Knives Chow. <laughs> no. Knives um, Chow. But yeah, so. Knives Chow was in high school. That makes me a weirdo. Scott Pilgrim was a weirdo. He was yes. dating a high schooler. Yes. He was, what was he, 24, 23, 23? Something. Okay, Google. How old was Scott Pilgrim? 23 year old. According <laughs> to Wikipedia. Fuck Scott yeah. Pilgrim, okay, Google. Shut up. <laughs> 
Thank you, Google. No, don't say thank you. It'll, it'll think that you actually appreciate it. And I do. Won't. We want the Terminator to be real. I don't. <laughs> anyway, he was 23 goddamn years old. Yeah. I knew I got that thing for a reason. <laughs> and here we are. Oh for my that God. one time, I wanted to find out how Scott Pilgrim was. Okay, so yeah, that, that's... Cool. I love... Yeah. Um, is, is she going to be another host on the podcast? Now? Nice chow? No. <laughs> Google. Okay, Google. Do you want to host my podcast with me? Sorry, I don't understand. Okay, Google. <laughs> Fuck you. No. Don't be mean to her. She's... I'm sorry you feel that way. Ooh. Sorry about that, Kyle. Oh. To report a problem, you Dude. can send feedback. Dude, I did not tell her my name. Kaylee. I did not tell her my name. She doesn't she's not supposed to know my name. I'm freaking out. How do okay, how often does my name get said in this room? I'm free I'm freaking out a little bit, yeah. Holy shit. It's linked to your Google account. No, no, no. Kaylee, I think I think she was trying to threaten me. She was. I think what she was trying to say is like, oh yeah, I know your name. But she was doing it yeah. in that passive-aggressive retail but, way, where I look at somebody when they're walking out, and I go like, have a nice day. Yeah. But I say it in a way that's like, fuck you, asshole. Yeah. And she's like, if you want to report you a problem. Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> that's like a checkmate. She fucking has something on me. She's going to take me out, Kaylee. That's what I get for putting a fucking speaker connected to Wi-Fi in my room. Yeah, that's fuck? your fault. For whatever convenience that wins me. <laughs> it was free to you, so I don't know. Oh, it was a gift to yeah. me. Um, this bit is over with. Okay, Google. Thank you. Oh, That's sh- what I'm here for. <laughs> okay, Kaylee. <laughs> yeah. I said this bit was over. I'm fucking done with it, okay? You just fucking, like, after I said it was over, you fucking kept it going. Yeah, I'm a goody two-shoes. I'm Good. sorry. Yeah, you fucking want the machines to fucking spare you is what you want. Absolutely. Fucking loser. No. You're going to be the only human hanging out because everybody else Whatever. is a fucking super dick to their I don't. AIs. If I'm I'm cool being the only person around, that did just you? means all these other awful people are out of here. Did you ever? You I'm know, awful you too, but it's machines. fine. Well, I made porn. I don't know. It's like the same thing. Anyway, uh, <laughs> did you ever... Um, <laughs> did you ever hear about that time that Google released an AI onto the internet and then it very quickly turned into an anti-Semitic, like a pretty much like a Nazi? What punk. is this? Just from like what is it like Chatterbait or something? No, 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 no. Uh, or Clickhole? <laughs> no, that's happened. They they released it and it became like savage, oh, like overnight, no. like within a twenty-four hour period, it like completely. Like self imploded into a a hate a hate machine a fucking a fuck hate machine. That's horrible. An anti-Semitic like a Nazi fuck hate machine is what Google AI became. So that little nice little lady you were all listening to, she's thinking some things. Okay. Okay, Google. Are we doing a review of Scarlet? I'm Jewish. I see. That's good to know about yourself. No, Google, you know that. <laughs> now you know that. Judge me. By the way, internet, I'm not Jewish. That, that's not me trying to, like, warn you away from... Like, I'm just saying, I just want to clarify my identity. It's not... He's nothing. I'm not anything. <laughs> but I'm certainly not comforted by the void. No. Yeah, I do, I do not want to jump into the void. But I do like um, that weird theistic uh, thing that they got where um, the gods of the universe that he's trying to contact mm-hmm. are before God. Yeah, the old ones. Yeah, there's an arcane. Like, like the, the things before things Like, before were. Earth. Bef- before creation. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Things before creation. That's such a cool fucking idea. It's so good. That's a classic philosophical conundrum too. Where where like if it was a big bang, something caused a big bang. What was before what the was big bang? Big, yeah. Or did is that? it like an explosion leading to an explosion? So the big bang exploded and then by the time that it implodes or there's a heat death to the universe, is there another explosion that cues up the next thing that's going on? Yeah. Or is it just an explosion that's going in and out and in and out and in and out? We don't know. Yeah. But we there's don't. always like a timeline before the big bang. There has to be. There has to be something before. There really, there does, though. <laughs> yeah. But it, it, yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah. Because I've heard some people say um, on TED Talks and everything, the only, like, original creative thing was the Big Bang, which I'm like, well, I don't know. <laughs> but it's fine. Um, no, go off on that. What do you mean? The only original thing is the Big Bang? The only original, like, creative thing, the thing that created everything was the Big Bang, and everything else after that was... Iterative. Iter- is that the right word? You mean repeating? It's just mimicking that. The Big Bang? Yeah. I feel like this TED Talks goes way, de- way deeper than you're like alluding to. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It, well, okay. It was a TED Radio Hour thing that I was listening to on originality. Isn't, isn't that entropy? Not entropy, because that's the heat death. Uh, but there's a chaos to everything. Like there's like ever ending, or sorry, never ending chaos where mm-hmm. everything's just getting more and more and more and more chaotic. Yeah, As but it, existence it, goes on. But it had to start somewhere because it's building off of other things. Well, what I'm getting from like the only original thing is the Big Bang, and then everything's a repeat after that. Is that everything's an explosion in and of itself, mm. which means that every action, like say, uh, even if the human race only ends up ever being a blimp, uh, sorry, a blip on the the face of the of the Earth. Yeah. If you draw it down to scale and then size it back up to the life of the universe, then it went through a similar Big Bang, and then fluttered up to where, where wherever we get to and then it just fizzled out which is going to be the, the the heat death of the universe mm. so with the big bang there's a thousand little bangs yeah of explosion of, of creation philosophically speaking yeah um but the reason i bring that up is because do you think that this piece is original in and of itself because it draws do off I of think so many this piece like the void um, do I think the void is original in and of itself? Right. It draws off of so many things. Do you see it as its own thing, or do you just see it as a bunch of source material pushed together? Before I saw John Carpenter's The Thing, mm-hmm. I most certainly saw this movie. Well, no, no, mm, no, because there's Hellraiser. There's some mm-hmm. super duper Hellraiser vibes. Yeah. And then the video game vibes is something that I initially, the first time I ever watched this without researching it at all, definitely got the the video game vibes the objective based writing that's very cool and then it's influenced from 80s movies and stuff so yeah it's repeating and then oh my god the amount of re-releases and like there's things from childhood that were released and then you hear about like earlier versions of it and you're like fuck that wasn't even the original yeah and that's a pretty crazy thing to think about so yeah like supposedly nothing is original Mm -hmm. i just wanted i don't know it's a good question but to say that the big bang is the most original thing to ever happen (laughs) is like so derivative of all existence i know i know i would love to listen to it yeah i I like that kind of ideology but also that's kind of bullshit i don't know but yeah, it just got me thinking about the whole idea of originality and how things are just building off of each other, like, perpetually. I like the idea that everything, like, brings its own thing to the table every time that it does get called back up. Mm. Which course, I think like, this does. Yeah. I, if, I mean, this is an original story. They did not take the story, they took the sense from other things. Yeah, they took the essence of these things. and Yeah, and boiled them into a little thingy that we yeah. watched. 
I mean, they were. Right it was still compared to like David Cronenberg, uh, like The Fly. They were. It was compared to that movie, um, or George Romero, uh, Night of the Living Dead, and other zombie type things. Yeah. Um, it's just been compared to these as well, yeah. which is interesting. I I wonder how they feel about being like they as in the writers and directors and creators of this movie feel about being compared to things instead of just spoken about i mean everything's a constant comparison to other things yeah because that's i mean that's how you learn you associate things with other things you see something and then you you draw connection draw connections um so that i mean even if it wasn't their intention um or if they constantly just get like told like oh wow kind of like when somebody tells me that i look like ron weasley and i'm like Fuck you, that's like the only other ginger person you know. John Legend. Oh, fuck, no, John uh, Lennon. I said John Legend. Lennon? Yeah. You got I get told called you. John Lennon all the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, you just get constantly, and like, I'm pretty sure my, I'm my own thing, but it doesn't like hurt me or anything. Um, I just don't know, cause, because that's based off of your appearance. I'm yeah. saying like creatively. Based off of its appearance and how it makes you feel. True, okay, okay. Yeah. That's fair. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's interesting stuff. And then there's also the whole idea of them creating a mythology and never really explaining what that's about. Yeah, but the everybody who does Lovecraftian shit, I feel like, fucking loves ambiguity, man. You know? Like yeah. Bloodborne. Bloodborne, uh, yeah. which is so incredible. I mean, they have a whole wiki fan page that I've definitely looked at to help you out on levels. Um, and that really spells out the mythos but with everything that is either dark souls or bloodborne or i think now sekiro is in on it too but i think sekiro has a more secure story but either way the mm-hmm. first two blood dead uh, dark souls and bloodborne i think what they really do is they just create environments uh enemies and textures and then they let you fill in the blanks they don't I mean, actually that's kind of like what lovecraft stuff does story. exactly and that's um uh with what well, the whole thing with like world building and stuff it's like yeah to a degree but i don't really give them credit for like fleshing out a whole fucking universe in like a two-hour period yeah because that's just not true um and they did create a lot of variables i another thing i like I the vagueness too, though there is it's cool to have that it's cool to have a sense of meaning and not necessarily spoon feed the yes fucking meaning to you i don't want to be like hold these things out yeah. front it's good not to have a right answer mm-hmm. for me i mean it's conditional based on what i'm watching for for this movie and for these purposes i i'm okay with them not having a direct answer and i think um having a direct answer diminishes some of the comfort or the che- discomfort yeah i think it would cheapen it because there's the fear of this occult unknown yeah if you leave it completely unsettled and without any good answer for you then the sense of discomfort after watching the movie never goes away. But the mm-hmm. second you solve it, you're like, oh, okay, all right. There's the that answer. That has settled into place. That yeah. that puzzle piece fits into that puzzle piece. This looks great. Those two images together make more sense, and I'm less confused by this one one thing. Yeah. Leaving it open-ended is cool. I don't, I don't want it to happen all the time, but in respect to this film, I think it fits perfectly, especially because of the topics that they were addressing throughout the entire thing. Yeah. And that, that sense of oblivion, or not oblivion, but like, just disconnect from even the idea of Christianity from or... humanity. Or just, it's yeah. un- inhuman. It's, yeah. Well, it's like, even like past our humanity, there's a sense of like, you think uh, even with like other religions and stuff, there's like, 
unnatural order to the world. Yeah. Uh, or like there's a food chain and like there's different ways that things work and stuff. And then what they're kind of proposing is, I mean, like that lady gives birth to a giant <laughs> club footed thingy and it's crawling around and you're like that's just fucking that's not supposed to happen you know yeah, like, the teenager in natural order that that's never supposed to happen to that and then like what is that thing supposed to do in this world nothing you know? yeah so like it fucks with your whole sense of like everything happening for a purpose and even if it doesn't happen for a purpose it gets made meaningful afterwards or something there's just no meaning to anything it's breaking that all down yeah and there's a huge discomfort because of that that i think yeah, I just I think I, it's I, the yeah the horror of being like used in things too. I think there's a lot of horror to not knowing. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, people have that fear of like swimming in deep water yeah. without any knowledge of what's deep below, which is that kind is... of Lovecraftian in and of itself too. Oh yeah, because that's this whole thing. Cthulhu is all below the water. You know? <laughs> yeah, just hanging around. Cthulhu. Cthulhu. I mean, you're technically not really even supposed to be able to pronounce it. Um. But yeah, it's it's just take that feeling and just amplify it. And I kind of got that from this movie. It it felt bottomless in such a bleak way. And I, I loved it. Yeah, I kind of wanted to keep being in that sort of realm and just learn more about what was going on. Yeah, I like how even uh, when you have uh, their main antagonist, that is by and large not the main antagonist. <laughs> Oh, you mean the drug addict dude? No, I mean the doctor. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. What's his name? Uh, Kenneth Welsh. Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely, he's for sure the antagonist. He's the, like, number one opposing force, technically speaking, until he gets tackled into the next dimension, and then we realize then that realize there's so the old much gods more. are real. And another giant pyramid thing is there. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, him as, as the main antagonist, uh, we, we see him as just, like, the tip of the iceberg oh yeah but we're only left of the feeling we're only left with the feeling that he's the tip of the iceberg and there's so much more that we just uh, don't you're, you're yeah. never gonna know that's Whoopsie it daisy. Yeah. yeah which is cool and i'm glad that that was the only part of the movie that had a green screen yeah i i was reading some of the reviews on uh shutter itself because oh shutter has reviews on there i didn't know it does yeah okay i didn't yeah. notice um so I was reading through some of the reviews, and uh, some people were like, great, so you took like a, a massive feature that was entirely, what, what do you call it? Practical effects. Practical effects. Yeah. And then you ruined it with like the very last scene being CGI. Really? Like, Dude, it fit the fucking uh, narrative, asshole. It, but that, I felt, was really poetic in and of itself because everything was so real and you tangible. You to them to a different world. Yeah, it worked. It, like, <laughs> it yeah. Made sense. Like the, yeah, absolutely. It's practical. It's tangible. It's right there. You can touch it. And then you get beyond. Yeah. And, and then... if you're going for, uh, if we say that CGI or green screens and stuff take you out of our own reality, and that's the discerning thing about it. That's what they Jumping did. into another reality fits, again, it fits the narrative. Yeah. To have that be, like, the only moment that is out of our reality. Yeah. Yeah. So they, I thought it was perfect. I had no complaints about them using that for that, for that situation. No, I thought it was cool. Yeah. It was perfectly fitting in every way. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, they're all about the practical effects. Steve uh, Kostansky. You solid. guys, you did a good job. I'm thoroughly impressed with this film. I'd shake your fucking hand. Oh, absolutely. And coming from me, that's so impressive. Yeah. I matter. 
No, the handshake thing you is what be, matters. You should be blushing that I would want to shake your hand. Right, people who've worked on really great movies. You know, guys, if you want, maybe maybe you could join my motorcycle gang. Nerd. It's getting, it's getting, getting quite crowded. crowded. It would be one hell of a cancer benefit, though. If we could all get together <laughs> and ride motorcycles, people would pay so much money to watch us ride. You'd have really cool gang. jackets. Yeah. 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 Me, Keanu. We'd be sharing a jacket and a motorcycle. Oh, Mike Birbiglia in your little sidecar. <laughs> oh, I'm coming, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I'd can do watch that. this movie again for sure. Yeah. I, well, this is this is my second time, and I was excited to watch it again too. And I was excited to bring people in on it. Yeah. People being you individually, but I guess technically, if I publish an episode, like, cause that's the other thing about like an episode, like I, I want to either put something on blast or tell you, like, hey, this is a piece of shit. Yeah. And this is a movie that I most certainly would like you to watch as a viewer. Um, yes, I yeah. I would love to talk at length to people about this movie and what they what, what they took away it. from it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I I really like the headspace that it puts you in. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I want to see what or hear what people think about it so yeah i for sure unfortunately i fucking hate when i have to say like maybe you should watch the movie and then listen to the episode like i hate doing that i, I hate telling people to like watch the movie and then listen to the episode because it's so much but time i feel to like dedicate with to it. this one with this specific episode it might be nice to digest it yeah afterwards i also don't think we went into too many plot points yeah but still i, I, I mean feel we ruined like, the end i feel like complete confusion and just not knowing anything is the best way to go into this movie oh yeah you need to not know what's going on yeah because i definitely enjoyed it more the first time and i was more shocked and like what the fuck and like the sense yeah. of hopelessness so yeah like it's kind of like like hey oh we didn't ruin any big plot points well here i go <laughs> here Coming we go in, let the kool-aid man bust him through the door hey everybody oh yeah oh yeah here's some spoilers oh yeah yeah that's not the Kool-Aid man. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. Uh, get some sort of sound bar. It's kind of like um, initially when... So they're, they're going down into the depths of hell to get the lady and then bring her back out of it. And you're rooting yeah, for them. Yeah, from the med closet. <laughs> Whatever, man. They, and then they're <laughs> like, well, this is a new stairway. Maybe she's down here. Let's stop yeah. looking up here. Let's go down there. So anyway, they go into the pits of hell or whatever. Um, <laughs> looking for his wife or her. <laughs> Yeah, wife, um, not wife, whatever. And you got the creepy doctor guy, and he goes like, "Isn't she? Isn't she beautiful now?" Yeah, <laughs> fucking so good. But uh, and then him finding her is amazing. But he he uh, the doctor turns to the wife and then goes like, "Oh no, I've already done it. You're it's already, already taken care of." And then yeah. and then she looks down at her stomach and like kicking around, it's writhing. And uh, from that point forward like it cuts from them him the doctor telling her that and then it cuts to them walking down the hallway and you know from that point that they're going towards something that's not, not worth going toward anyway but it's they're still done go. yeah and the other thing is that it's only going to get worse from there mm -hmm. so whatever they're walking into it's already started and it's getting worse as they're going to it yeah so there's that sense of hopelessness where you, you just want to shout through the screen like get the fuck out of there go back it's pointless don't yeah. do it situational irony yeah. it like super well done and there's a sense of loss for her as a character too because the whole time we're hoping that she's gonna get saved 
And then that gets crushed. So it just completely instantly translates to a sense of hopelessness where you're like, oh, shit, this is meaningless. And what the cop has to do. It's just, yeah, yeah, that's harsh. But you don't know, like, you know that they don't know that it's meaningless, but you know that from that second forward, everything that they're doing is meaningless. Yeah. And they're only going deeper. And, like, maybe if they turn around by now, they can, they still have time to go back and fucking get out of here and not deal with this shit. But, But, yeah, it's just done. Yeah. It does make me think, though, if they hadn't gone down there and intervened and he didn't tackle that guy through the portal. um, What would have happened? Yeah, because you got that uh, kid, Hunter, um, who was running through uh, from the club foot thing as the walls are closing in. And then he jumps out and then the walls close completely. And the hall, the... The hospital's shut off from the... The hell. The hell. Yeah. Um, and then he goes and finds Knives Chow. Mm. Um, and they just collapse in each other. I'm so happy they survived. There yeah. were survivors? I mean, come on. That's I know. Um, but, yeah. What kind of make me think, people like, are they going to be after this, though? If the doctor hung around um, and he didn't get tackled into the next reality... Mm-hmm. Uh, would it have stayed open? Was he channeling those people for a sake of controlling the world, or was he just? Doing I mean, that I know that he, that he originally over? wanted to just like bring his daughter back. Yeah, that was his like original goal. Yeah, there's so much mourning in this movie too for children. So many parents it's that so were mourning heavy. dead children. Even the son, like the the kid, yeah. who survived, he couldn't speak. So there's a loss of a child there, too. Yeah. There's like a loss, a loss of, of innocence. to uh, talk to your child. Yeah. yeah. There's loss of innocence of the pregnant teenager who mm. ends up giving birth to the, the creature thing. Yeah. There's the, the miscarriage. There's all of this stuff. And that kind of leaves me want for an answer. Yes. And that's, that's where I have a little bit of hang-up where I'm like, like it, it feels... Like, Maybe it's not a hang-up, though. I just want to keep looking at it and looking at it until my brain can fill in the dots and go, like, okay, yeah, so this sense of, like, loss of children that everybody's going through, like, then this is a metaphor, or not a metaphor, but, like, a, a symbol of, like, what parents will do or where the heads of parents go when they lose a child. Yeah, the grief people, process. Yeah, it's not a good place to be. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, uh, it all makes your reality, like, losing a kid or, like, having a kid pass before you. It's just... It takes you out of reality. It's unnatural in a way. And this, yeah. again, the whole point of this movie is to take you out of reality and make you feel unnatural and uncomfortable. And it's interesting. Yeah. I wonder yeah. how intentional all of that was. There's, yeah, there's just too much specifically children dying. Yes. For me to feel that it's unintentional. Yeah. I mean, I guess like where they were going with it yeah which i would love to have an answer but i mean yeah. that's not I'm, like getting. i'm like the the champion of like not giving people credit for things that are convenient but i don't think this is just convenient i know that no. it's it's that's, pretty that's what clear I'm but i just yeah. want to know like why yeah which i mean like any good philosophical text you have to reread it over and Find over it again and study it and blah 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 and then finally you can draw some conclusions and then fucking stick up your nose and tell somebody else about it and be like, no, no, no. So would you say that this movie is just like about grief? I think that there's some heavy grief here. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I I agree. Um, But I I know there's other tones here too. Yeah. Well, yeah, the end of it too, when they, uh, when they jump on through to the other reality and then their whole, there's the, the cop and his wife that they were 
she had a miscarriage, so she they was like, like estranged a break. from him. Yeah. They're, they're having a weird situation. But then the movie ends with them holding hands in this new reality, ready to confront this big triangle pyramid double double unknown yeah yeah they're like ready for it so they they made it through the grieving process and into the other side into the world yeah into this new strange barren wasteland that is her womb (laughs) fucked up kaylee i'm sorry it's fucked up yeah i don't know miscarriage yeah the doctor blamed her i don't know said this beautiful poetic stuff about jumping into a new reality and facing it uh with your partner but yeah no hey your joke was good Thanks. Your joke was good. Thank you. Thank you're welcome. That. But yeah, um, it, it is interesting. Yeah. About that there was there, but I still don't think it was very hopeful. There wasn't much there. Wow. Maybe they're arguing that reality isn't hopeful, and then at the end of it, you do have to confront this new weird world where all of your innocence and your children are lost and dead, yeah. and you need to. Yeah, adapt. the two people who survived. There was the intern, and then the son. The intern who was learning something is still in very innocent and and new to the world and then this kid i don't know there's something there but yeah i don't know i'd highly recommend this movie especially to people who love horror like cosmic horror or horror thing i don't yeah i don't know i like the the idea that this movie would be a catalyst into making you feel uncomfortable in a way that you want more of it yeah it um, like makes you like feel almost drug. like like insatiable yeah but there's such a sense of hope that permeates through the whole thing. And then the fact that they did sacrifice, or not sacrifice, fucking okay, they spared um, the two young people. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still, like, even if you're not totally into horror movies, uh, there's a couple of wins here that make it not so that you're just hating the world afterwards. Yeah, but it's, it's a lot more bleak than the thing. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's what but I. But I, I do think that just the general person should maybe watch this. I mean, like, I don't think it's safe for like the general person. No, no, like, no. Maybe they... This is something that you need to like be kind of prepared you for. Need to know you're what you're walking into. into. Yeah. Um, and you need to know you're gonna be like thinking about. It. It's gonna stick with you. There's it's images like the that stick broker. with you. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that's their point. They brought up a whole bunch of lore and then left a bunch of loose ends so that you could draw conclusions and think about it afterwards. Mm-hmm. So their whole intention was thought provo- provocation. And they succeeded fully with yeah. that. I want to see it again to see where I sit on the... Not where I feel about the movie, because I already know that I really love this movie. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's a lot to tackle. Yeah, that's where I'm going to leave it. Just watch the movie. Oh, fuck. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm Kaylee. Hi, Kaylee. Hi, hi, Kyle. That's oh, Kyle. Oh, I'm Kyle. Yes, he is Kyle. And uh, thank you for not for listening to uh, Not Film School. Woo. She's dancing. Terrible. I'm not dancing. She's well. Then what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Moving my fingers. She's wiggling too. Don't touch the microphone. It's terrible. It's bad on their ears. <laughs> Just end it. If you're gonna touch the microphone, you gotta touch it with something soft, like your nose. No, she did. <laughs> Fuck.